Music Business What Is This is a podcast that focuses on the ever-changing music industry and presents issues and concerns that the average and above average musician has or will encounter. Hey everybody, I'm Richard Johnson. I'm Jeremiah Hunt. In today's episode, we're going to talk about what is a music supervisor. A music supervisor. Mm. Not, until about three weeks ago, I did not know what that term was. Yeah, it's <laughs> somebody who supervises music and it sounds... I don't say crazy or rudimentary, but it's a real job out there. There's somebody who's sitting in their office supervising music. Mm. And we're going to talk a little bit about what does that mean? Hit us with the definition. Google's definition. A music supervisor works with motion picture or television producers and directors to recommend what music should go into the soundtrack for the movie or program. Music supervisors often are also tasked with negotiating and acquiring all the necessary licensing for use of the music and the production. Okay. Supervisors. Um, So they work generally for a bigger entity, uh, film company, television company, um, or it could be another company like a soda company who has a division of music. Mm. You have to think about commercials and ads. And there are people who are specifically doing that, who are searching out songs and information. So most of the time they work with the booking management, the personal management. Uh, They're working with brand ambassadors. They're working with publishers. They're working with agents. They're working pretty much with everybody they have to get in contact with about the song. For me, I find it pretty ironic. The people they deal with least most of the time is the musicians. Hmm. Um, Most of the time when they get to the point or someone gets to the point where a music supervisor is looking for them, that means their song's been recommended to them or they heard it from their trusted sources of good quality music. And most of the time someone is representing them. Not all the time, but I say most of the time because when they need music, they need it now. They need mm-hmm. it immediately. They don't have time to wait. Mm-hmm. So, for example, let's say a film company contacts me. Hey, we want to use uh, The Time Has Come from Altoism. And I say, sure, no problem. They're going to say, okay, is it copywritten? Yes. Okay. Who owns the rights to all of it? I can say I do. But if it was co-written with Mr. Jeremiah Hunt, I now have to find him or actually the music supervisor has to find him. Hopefully I can find him and say, yo, we can go make some money where, yo, get back to me. Is this cool? Right. Right. Uh, most people respond with money. Uh, and then, uh, the music supervisor can say, OK, so if you two wrote the music together, is the split 50 50? Mm. If we say yes, OK, that's cool. If they say, are there lyrics to it, which there are lyrics to the time has come. If I wrote all the lyrics, then the lyric is 100 percent mine. These are the things the supervisor, music supervisor has to know um, in order to use it so that you get paid. And that's what's extremely crucial. Now, this brings up a few other 
pointers I want to bring out. The division of the material when it's co-written. A song is easy when it's 100% mine. Yeah, everything's mine. Just send me the money. The problems come in is when it's not. And that has to be generally, I won't say has to be, it should be decided prior to all of this. One of my recommendations is if if a song is co-written with someone, figure out immediately after like, okay, it's 50 percent fair. Like, what did you do? How much time did you do? Twenty five percent and have that understanding Mm. prior to because one of the biggest problems is is when a song goes goes global Mm. and now you have multiple writers, you know, having two people is not bad but there are a lot of songs that have five or six mm. and that division is is crucial um because if you have five people on 100 percent, you break that down that's 20 percent. and some people are saying that's not a lot depends on your song if it's a hit song 20 mm. percent of a hit song yeah that's some dope right um but you want to make sure that that division is already set up because if not historically what's happened is when it becomes a hit that's not the time to talk about percentages and splits, right? Because then people are like, oh, well, I want, if they only did 20%, now they want 50% and they know it. Yeah. And, you know, and the person who did most of the work, it never goes to their benefit. Right. That's always the issue. Now, question for you what would you say would be a fair way to divide? To, uh, to do the division because I hear a lot of people say that well if this person does the melody then they should get most of the credit or if this person does the harmonies if mm-hmm. this person spends the most time up of it what is your opinion you know that's that's it's tricky because it's it's personal it varies for everybody mm. um, that's like saying what's good and bad when it comes to a certain dessert or, mm. or food for me A lot of it has to do with what makes this song pop Mm. or what is the most attractive thing. Mm. And even that is tricky because most people are going to say they're going to think to say the melody. Mm. But in reality, there's a lot of songs. I know my homies on the street, when they want to tell me a tune, they don't come up singing a melody. They come up singing the beat. Yeah. The baseline or the beat. Right. Yeah. So that changes that discussion completely. Mm. Like what's more important. Mm. Right. So I think it's it's going to vary. Uh, you know, years ago, maybe the melody. But it also depends on the style of music mm. you're in. You know, certain styles of music, the beat or the groove has to be popping. Mm. If that's not right. It don't matter what kind of melody you have. Right. People are going to be like, eh, <laughs> you know, so that, that's something you have to really consider. Like to this genre of music, what am I contributing? And that has to be a personal thing. And then you have to hope that the person you're dealing with has the same sentiments because mm. everyone doesn't think the same. Someone mm. may say, well, yeah, I mean, I spent 20 hours on this and you only spent 20 minutes. Mm. Okay, you invested more time, but if the person who spent 20 minutes has three degrees in music and they've spent 12 years doing it, of course, the information is going to come to them faster and more naturally. So there's certain things you you have to consider. 
mm. um, when it comes to divisional splits. So whole point in case being, you want to make sure you have that worked out prior to a music supervisor contacting you because that is not the time to be running around trying to figure that out because they're under the gun. Right. When they call, they need something immediately, usually because the film is done mm. and the music is being added and there's just so much music out there. They don't have to wait. Right. They can find something else that's similar enough that they can take immediately that someone else has all together. Right. You know, and a lot of people don't realize that the more you have together early on, the easier it is to get paid. Mm. That's why some of the best musicians songs don't get picked up. Mm. They're the best musicians, but they don't have everything together. Right. Hence they may need a manager or someone else to guide them. Mm. Right. Okay. So music supervisor, one of the other things that's important to have, um, for your music, if a music supervisor calls, is the ISRC. I'll repeat that. The ISRC, which stands for the International Standard Recording Code. And this, here, I'll just read you the definition. The ISRC for a recording remains a fixed point of reference when the recording is used across different services, across borders, or under different licensing deals. ISRC identifies sound recordings and music videos. This you have to have. If you go to CD Baby, any kind of company, that's like the second or third question to ask. Do you need this? Do you have it already bought? Do, do we need to sign you one? Because this helps whatever entity identify your music. Right. Right. So if it's on YouTube, television, your song is stamped with this code mm. and that allows them to look it up. Or nowadays, they're not even looking it up. A.I. is looking it up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I bring that up because and, and A.I. is pretty good. Uh, my brother was playing a song on piano. He was in China or Japan or somewhere. And he sent me a video saying he posted an Instagram video of him playing this song. And within 48 hours, he got contacted and it was taken off Instagram and Facebook. Wow. Because they could identify him playing the tune on the piano. And he said, yeah, it was clearly this tune. And he said, I'm not sure if I should be happy or upset. <laughs> he said, and should I be happy that I played the song well enough? That they identified, they, yeah. or should I be mad that they took to my post down? down? <laughs> and I say that's a good point. Um, but yeah, that code helps them identify your song. Mm -hmm. So if someone uses it or posts it and you don't know about it, mm. you will get notified. Right. And that's what you want. It's your mm -hmm. music, it's your creation. Remember, we talked about it's your expression, mm. and expression is what's crucial. Right. All right. So, supervisors. What, what anything you want to add to it? Uh, well, what is the process of getting clear clearance to a song? Okay, generally um, they'll call <clears throat> or they'll reach out. Uh, let me stop there. They'll reach out. So you have to be able to be contacted. Mm. That's the first step, right? So they could call. Usually they're sending an email. Mm-hmm. So you have to be checking your emails. Mm. I have a lot of friends now who don't even look at their emails. 
Right. It's just text. Mm. Music supervisor, honestly, is probably not going to text you. Mm. They'll probably email you first. I mean, that's just the standard form of business still to this day. Yeah. Right. So you want to make sure you're checking your emails or someone's checking it for you. Mm. All right. So they check, um, they send the emails, you check that. Then part of the clearance, um, the way to get clearances, they have to contact you, deal with the publisher. Who is that? Okay. Who's the, um, who owns the actual physical part of the tune? Right, because there's the publishing part, the lyrics, um, the music, but then there's like who owns the master, which is the recordings. The, yeah, the who recordings. owns the actual yeah. recordings? Mm-hmm. They have to contact them because they have a portion too of what they own. Mm. There's the masters and there's the publishing, and most of the time, those are different people. Not all the time. If you can keep all of it. More power to you because right. that means you'll really get paid. But most of the time, historically, that hasn't been the case. Mm. Um, so you just want to be aware of that. Um, so they contact both those entities. If they get them quickly, then it's a matter of them going back and saying, OK, where do we place this? Um, then it's up to the music supervisor and uh, the director or whoever they're working for to figure out where is this song going to fit or where did they envision putting it? Mm. But the clearance is pretty much the people who created it. Mm. Um, once they sign off on it, mm. literally sign off on, okay, we're okay with this. They've contacted everybody. This is what's going on. That isn't too difficult. The hardest part of it is finding out where are these people and can they be contacted? And a lot of musicians don't understand. You can put your contact information in metadata. Mm. The metadata is important. Do you know what the metadata? No. Metadata. Okay, so metadata. In every CD song, there's metadata. Metadata is small pieces of information that help songs be identified. So, for instance, and part of this metadata is the ISRC code. Mm. So, let's say you get in your car and... You're like, oh, this song is dope. I like it. Okay. And you look on the screen in the car and you see the name, you see the band's name, Mm. you see all the information. Yeah. Right. That's because of metadata. Mm. If you go to Shazam, look up a song, five to seconds, 10 seconds, it comes up. That's because of the metadata. Mm. If your song or product doesn't have any metadata, it doesn't come up. Right. Doesn't mean it's not a good song. But now people can't find out who you are. That's a big problem. Mm. And you can embed your contact information in the metadata. Mm. So in my metadata, if somebody looks, like if a supervisor looks, they can look and see, oh, this is rjjazz.com. Or if it's my label, they can say Afar Music. Okay, and then they contact me and I can say, hey, this is uh, Wojo's recording. This is his tune. Easy to find. Mm. That's the first thing they're going to do. Probably before they even email you. Mm. Right. And the hard hitters, the heavy hitters, the CEOs, publicists, they all know about it. Yeah. You know, even my publicist, she contacted me. Hey, um, I know you got the metadata, she told me, but she said, I'm just sending a formality to check. Mm. So that's kind of the standard. So you want to make sure that you have that um, in there. Yeah, because when I was um, uploading all of my uh, material onto DistroKid for Mm -hmm. it to be um, 
uh, viewed out on Spotify and, and uh, iTunes and stuff, it would ask me, you know, for it would have a section where you could enter metadata. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't really do that much research on what it was, but mm-hmm. I just entered all my information. So, right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good to know because that's how people are going to look for you now. Yeah. The people who you want to look for you. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So another point is, how do music supervisors receive music? Right. So, of course, now we're in the digital age. Everything's digital. Lots of times they're looking for music um, and you can send them music as well. Uh, Generally, they'll receive emails. Um, They don't want to be contacted via text or or their cell phone. If you happen to get that, Mm. that's the wrong way, (laughs) Um, because now you're moving into the personal space. Right. Right. But email's good. Uh, a lot of companies or websites have sections where you can submit information mm. and they're looking there. I think it's important to uh, have a network of people that you deal with and trust musicians wise. And you try to try and expand that because a lot of people have relationships that you don't know they have. Mm. And you getting in contact with them may help. Um, But a lot of it has to do with how you approach these people. Right. Right. That your approach is is crucial. And this is something I talk to students and people about all the time. Uh, If you see a music supervisor on the street, you're not going to. First of all, if if you know who they are on the street, that's a plus. That means you've done some homework because most of them you'll never hear about. But if you happen to find them or someone points them out, you don't want to roll up on them and be like, hey, hey, I got this song. I think it's going to be dope. The approach is important. It's super crucial. So you can approach them. But my first piece of advice is to not be overly aggressive, Mm. excited, because that you don't know their personality. Right. Right. So you don't want to wear them down. You may want to ask for their contact information. Um, and approach them that way. Um, have you ever approached anyone like that? Or? No, not a music supervisor. I mm-hmm. didn't really know that there was a such thing in the industry. <laughs> yeah, they're out there and they're, they're, they're supervising music, finding music for films, Netflix shows, Hulu, Amazon Prime, and that's their job. Yeah. And it, it sounds fun. A lot of people say, oh, I'd love to supervise. Right. Right. People think supervising is easy. If you do it well, I'm not going to say it's easy because it is work, but Mm. you've probably done it long enough and you have enough contacts Mm. where you can reach out to those contacts Mm. to get the information you need. Right. To me, when someone says supervisor, um, that means someone who has a pretty serious Rolodex Mm. and they have a trust, trusted source, a group of people that they trust, okay, this music is good, uh, check out this person, they're up and coming. Because mm. most of the time the supervisors, they don't have time just to sit down and see who are the new bands, who are the, I mean, they're so busy trying to get clearance, find this person, find this person, especially if a song is really wanted. Right. That, that takes time, hunting people down. Yeah. That, that's a lot of the job. How do I find this person? Where is the masting person? Okay, now I got to talk to my boss about, you know, then you got to have another meeting about where we're going to place this song. It's it's a lot of in-between work. Yeah. 
Right. When people hear supervising, they just think, oh, I'm just picking the songs I like. <laughs> Not necessarily. A lot of times it may be you picking songs you don't like. It may be a genre mm. where you have to pick music that you're not a specialist in. Mm. And that's where you're a source of people. Your trusted network of people is crucial mm. because you're trusting someone to say, hey, this group is up and coming. They're great. They're serious. This band has the sound that you like. Mm. You know, so that network is 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 super crucial. Mm. Okay. Um, one of the things I would say is don't call them directly mm. <laughs> just to kind of overcap. Yeah. Um, Make sure you have your email, check your email. Make sure you have those things together. Very important. Yeah, <laughs> make sure the metadata is there. Um, and make sure you have a, a easily accessible product online. Mm. Like, can they stream it? Most supervisors are not downloading things immediately. Right. Because they just have so much music to listen to and hard drives. They want to click on it, stream it. Okay, I like this. And then they may download it or reach out. Right. So you want to make sure you have it on your site, SoundCloud, whatever works for you, where they can actually say, hey, oh, this is easy. I heard it. I want it. Reach out. Metadata. They're easy to find. The three writers. We got it. Bam. Something that they can get done within a day or two has a high chance of being successful. Mm. Yeah, I have on my website a cover page. Where as soon as you go to the website, uh, it has my EP on a cover page and you can click on it and it takes you right to the uh, site Bandcamp where you can stream it mm, dope. instantly. So, yeah, that's those things are crucial because they just don't have time. Right. They don't have time. I mean, even though their job is to look for music, that's part of it. But the other part is to go in between once they find something they like. Mm. All right. So that brings us to a close for today. That's a music supervisor. If you've never heard of one, check it out. It could be a great profession for you. <laughs> it could really be fun. Um, OK, thank you. I'm Richard Johnson. I'm Jeremiah Hunt. And this is Music Business. What is this? We'll see you guys later. Peace. This program is partially supported by a grant from the Illinois Arts Council Agency. 